Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 10. Here is verse 16 coming into verse 17, which begins the passage. I just want to get a running start from yesterday. Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. Beware of them, because they will hand you over to local courts and flog you in their synagogues. You will even be brought out before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. But when they hand you over, don't worry about how or what you are to speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour, because it isn't you speaking, but the spirit of your father is speaking through you. Now, let's pause right there where this is going to go just for a little bit more context is this warning. Um, look, like they hated me. They're going to hate you even more. If they called Jesus Beelzebul, just imagine what they're going to do to you. So that's where he's going later on around verse, uh, verse 25. But in this portion of text, he's just made uh, an incredible prophecy and an incredible promise. And he's given a stern warning. So on the heels of this call to be as, as shrewd as serpents, yet as innocent as doves, we can be shrewd because we've already been given the ending. We've already been tipped off before the meeting, this guy is out to get you. And so for that reason, it's possible to be shrewd. Isn't that amazing? Like Jesus' warning uh, makes us as shrewd as serpents. And this reminder tells us to be as innocent as doves. Beware of them because they will hand you over to local courts and flog you in their synagogues. All right, so you can see here that this is speaking not only to just litigious people who are going to try to press charges, you know, on you and things like that. That's actually... Uh, it's actually happening right now. Um, you know, this, uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade has, has, even, has even fomented this uh, lawsuit among a, uh, a particular Jewish organization saying that a Christian definition for the beginnings of life at conception has been thrust upon them, which is fatuously, satanically untrue because I know their book. It's right here. And I know King David. I know what he wrote. You formed me in my mother's womb. You knit me together there. I, I, it's, not even, it's not even a Jewish understanding. That's a straight up satanic atheist. It's more, it's more akin to a, uh, to a Chemosh worshiping. It's a pagan Molech worshiping view of conception and life. And even they acknowledged what they were doing was killing their own children. So even now, there's currently a lawsuit right here. Um, uh, the, the, the synagogue has lost its legal power in this regard, but yeah, there were even floggings in synagogues over this. If you adhered to the way, if you were found to be a follower of Jesus, yeah, you'd be dragged into court. Yeah, you'd be brought into a synagogue over exactly this. You, uh, you will even be brought before governors and kings because of me. All right, so pause right there. To be a Christian is to be prepared to act as a holy dissident. That you would be willing overtly to defy an official decree. You're going to be brought before kings and governors. And so as a result, as American citizens for the last, you know, for the last couple of centuries, we've been just fine. But Christianity is much older than America and so for the majority of our history and what we can expect moving forward is exactly this, to be holy dissidents. But it's not just for the sake of being 
being rebels. How funny is that, that we're actually more the rebels than are those who adhere to the power of the spirit of the age. It's, it's not so that you would just be a rebel for rebellion's sake, rebel in the earthly sense. It's so that you would have a platform for the gospel. See, that you're brought before governors, you're brought before kings because of me, Jesus said, this, these, are written, these words are written in red, to bear witness to them and to the Gentiles. So that's the reason for it. Now that's what's so cool, is that they would think they were victorious over you to watch you forced into a situation whereupon you must act as a dissident. But really, they were being used by God to give you that platform. So should this happen to you in your workplace and possibly even in a legal situation or whatever the case may be, it's more likely, uh, honestly, uh, in our immediate context right now, it's more likely to be a social thing. Uh, it's more likely to be where you're kind of taken to task for your beliefs. I've been put on the spot before, you know, at parties uh, and at gatherings and things like that where, you know, hey, you're the, you're the Christian, answer this question for us. <laughs> like suddenly it's not a social gathering for you anymore. Like now it's, <laughs> you know, it's a public interrogation, a haranguing. But really what happens is you've been given the moment to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So don't blow that moment. Don't be a coward. All right, please, please don't fail to speak the truth in that moment because they feel like they may have just ganged up on you and bullied you and tried to embarrass you, but really what they've done is just said, hey, light up our darkness for us. That's what's actually taken place. And that's what actually can happen. And I have seen that happen. Now, it may not go quite the way you want it to. You and I are in a much better legal situation than were the original recipients, right? The, the, the disciples are being warned about what was to come. In fact, one of the disciples would be the guy who literally brought Okay, a horde of Roman soldiers with him to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, this private place of prayer. So as Jesus was saying this, Judas was like, right? He knew exactly, that's exactly what he would end up doing. But in your situation, in our, in our case, it's more likely going to be, you know, a social setting. Um, and sure, this could happen on social media. From time to time, it does, it does happen on social media. You're not going to bear quite as much fruit on social media, although you have the chance to reach more people it may not feel like a triumphant moment to you. This isn't really describing a triumphant moment. I mean, this, this is all predicated upon a warning. Uh, it literally, Jesus used the words, beware, all right? Beware of them. That was the beginning of verse 17. And the immediately preceding words were, I'm sending you out into harm's way, like sheep among wolves, okay? Like you're sheep, they're wolves. Go out there, sheep, go witness to the wolves. And to be shrewd as a serpent. You're not, don't be stupid, don't be naive. Right? Don't be, don't be ill-informed as to what's going on here. Uh, don't be naive as to their intent. Don't fall for, uh, don't fall for their feigned objectivity. They're not objective. They suffer from the same sin nature that you and I do, right? That we were born with and that we're even ret made wretches, you know, by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us by. So, so don't, don't let them claim the moral high ground on you. Don't be uh, don't, don't, don't lack shrewdness in that moment. Beware, indeed, beware. It's not going to be a pleasant exchange and you're likely to be outnumbered. This comes on the heels of the teaching of the narrow gate. You already know this. However, however, it's meaningful and it can be fruitful. I've seen it. I know what it is to be the lone Christian voice in say a classroom setting, in an academic setting. 
And I went through public school my whole life. And even my first bachelor's degree came from a public university. And then I didn't even totally agree with 100% uh, with all the like theological pinpoints of some of the places I got my, you know, my postgraduate degrees from. So I know what it is to go into a setting where you're outnumbered, especially in the public university setting. And uh, you know, if you're the lone Christian voice, it, it always just feels that way. But you often aren't. You're the one taken to task publicly, and you're, you know, you're, you're the everybody's kind of looking at you, and the first word out of your mouth might, you might think like it's probably going to just be uh. <laughs> but Jesus is telling you about that moment now before it comes. He was telling his disciples about their being dragged before kings and governors before it happened. And he was telling them, I'm going to give you words to say. And it's not going to be your words. It's going to be the Holy Spirit speaking through you. When this moment comes, it's in a less severe setting than the, 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 the poor disciples. When it comes, your heart's going to be pounding out of your chest, but there's also going to be this pervasive peace. And I have over and over again experienced Jesus's words and promise here to be true, beautifully true. And on the other side, what comes out of your mouth, especially if you're steeped in scripture, all right, you know what the spirit says because he's already spoken. He's inspired the whole word of God. Uh, like your scripture memory, <laughs> Your scripture memory will amaze you <laughs> in that moment. Like I've been able to recite passages that I hadn't committed to memory before and look back and be like, wow, man, <laughs> I, never, I never tried to sit down and memorize that passage, but it came out like the spirit of God brought the word of God in that moment. And then what's so cool, it's rare, but wow, you also will get to see fruit from it from time to time. It won't feel all cuddly and warm. They're not gonna like clap for you after you say what you're gonna say. because. Men prefer darkness to light because our deeds are evil. They're not going to like your light. They like you better in darkness. And, and now when you bring that light, you're going to expose the sinfulness of all of our deeds. So people are going to be like, they're going to squint at the light and they're going to try to, they're going to try to put the light out. But you let that light shine before men. Let them see your good works. You are as innocent as a dove here. Your integrity is intact. And you're forthright with ways in which, you know, look, I've messed up. I've made mistakes, but I'm repentant. And here's, here's what the word of God says. In that moment, you might just get to have a follow-up conversation with somebody who gets saved. I have seen it. Some of what I thought were some of my most embarrassing moments where I'm not picking a fight with anybody. I'm not like having a one-man you know, Westboro Baptist Church style picket with a giant sign meant to offend everybody as much as I can. I'm just like sitting there with my pizza and suddenly, boom, like every eye is on me and I've been asked and called out for my Christian faith and like answer this question. And like, and now here it is, here's your moment. And you just kind of like swallow your pizza pretty hard. And then what comes out of your mouth amazes even you after the fact. <laughs> You'll drive home and be like, wow, I can't believe that really worked. And then in one case, it took about, <laughs> oh man, it, it took, I think, five or six years to hear back from somebody else who was at that party who gave his life to Christ, became a missionary to Kenya where he works with orphans. I mean, at the time, it just felt like this embarrassing call out. But five or six years later, it turns out, no, that was a Holy Spirit moment where the word of God was spoken, albeit sheepishly over a, you know, a paper plate with half-eaten pizza on it. And it reached the ears of a guy who would later become a missionary to Kenya. Uh, you, you never know how this will go. Um, I've been in locker rooms where that same kind of thing kind of happens. Again, not as severe as what these guys had to deal with, um, but awkward still. And then there I am, like, look, man, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to put my, you know, my Costco $17 Adidas back on. I'm not trying to 
I'm not trying to pick a fight with anybody's worldview, but the moment is here. And then what comes out of my mouth, you know, is, is the, the word of God. I've hidden the word of God in my heart. And from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the Holy Spirit is going to give you what to say. And guess what? The Holy Spirit's going to quote himself. Like, it's a, that's, I can think of no better words to say than these words. And, um, I, dude, it, it doesn't seem glamorous at the moment, you know? I feel awkward, too, because... I'm sitting there not even fully dressed and I'm called out. <laughs> it's like a, it sounds like a, it sounds like a, a kid's nightmare, you know, but that's what happened. And then um, everybody just kind of like grunted and went back to what they were doing. And nobody seemed impressed. Nobody seemed convinced. Like no, I didn't, I was like, God, what was the point of that? Like, why did I, I just got called out, you know, like sitting here with a towel around my waist and I shared what I had to say and then nobody listened. And then I'm walking down the hall and a guy runs up to me and is like, Hey, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> That's like, where were you back there? <laughs> God used it to bring that other Christian back to, you know, uh, to, to bring him out of the Christian closet. You'll never know. You'll, you may never know this side of heaven, uh, but those, those moments don't return void, especially if what comes out of your mouth is scripture. Okay. If you may came, you may come from like a charismatic background that takes like a really, really um, embellished view of what word of knowledge means. See our previous series on, on first Corinthians. I mean, God did, teach us some miraculous stuff during that season that literally led to a life-saving surgery for me that God just paid for. It's amazing. Um, however, in that moment, what the Spirit lays on your heart is most likely to be from Scripture. And I will say this, if what comes out of your mouth does not align with Scripture, then that was not the Holy Spirit speaking through you. That was another spirit. If you say something contrary to God's word, congrats, you just became Satan's courier. All right, you became a mouthpiece for the devil because that's what the devil's been doing since Eden, defying the word of God, contorting the word of God, twisting the word of God, okay? Great job, you just helped evil. However, if what you say lines up with scripture, if it passed the test of scripture, then we know this, right? This, this, this is a good thing. That's the word of God. That's the Lord working through you. If what you say would defy that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, then you can guarantee that what you just said was not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit, right? That's evil speaking through you. So saturate yourself in the word and be forewarned of these moments. Don't be fearful of them, but become addicted to that heart-pounding moment because when you get singled out, when you get called on the carpet, and when everybody at the party looks at you, and if it is a legal setting, if it is a camera in your face, okay, uh, which there are more cameras out there now than there ever have been before, uh, don't be a coward. Let what comes out of your mouth be consistent with the Word of God, and you'll know then that is, in fact, the Holy Spirit speaking through you. They were trying to drag you before governors and kings in our context to try to humiliate you, to try to do you harm. All they did was give you a platform. So take the platform and give it straight to God.